wake up. Let's go. I want to ask you for the next about four weeks, come the next four weeks, dealing with rejection. If you got to hear Cindy Dillon's testimony last week, let me tell you, it was fantastic. I would encourage you to go back and download it if you haven't heard it from the website. This message, if you will allow the Lord to do surgery on your heart, He will change your life. He will change your life. So I just ask you, commit. Commit to the Lord, but commit to His teaching. And we're going to do this. I think it's going to probably take me about four weeks, maybe a few more. You know how I do sometimes. I like to drag things out a little bit, but not really. It just takes me a little while to to get done. But rejection, Father, speak to our hearts. You know, we've all experienced rejection at some point in our life, at some time. But I I don't think most of the time that we understand the nature of its effect that it has on our life. The rejection may have been something minor, at least in your mind. Or it may have been so devastating that it has affected your whole life and all of your relationships. Now I want to give you a few examples of rejection. This is not a, a complete example. I could never mention every example of rejection, but let me just give you a, a few Maybe as a child you weren't picked to be on the sports team. Maybe your first boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with you or stood you up. Maybe you weren't accepted into your college, the college of your choice. Maybe you were laid off from your job for no good reason. Maybe you never felt loved by your father. Maybe you sensed that your mother didn't want you. Maybe your marriage just ended in divorce. You know, there, there's literally thousands that I could mention. Those are, those are some biggies. But these experiences, some are minor, some are major, leave permanent wounds, whether you're aware of them or not. I can still remember being out on the playground and two captains picking teams. And where you get picked in that line really establishes what you think of yourself whether you're the last or whether you're the first. As, as simple as that may be. Or your friends go and play with other friends and tell you they're not their, your, their friend anymore. I mean, I've got young kids. We still hear that all the time. Adults do that too. We just don't quite say it like that, but we're just as nasty. And we get rejected. But if I can encourage you, I've got good news for you. God can deliver you from that. God can deliver you from the wounds of rejection and help you accept yourself and enable you to show his love to others. I love singing that song, um, what we just sang, uh, How He Loves. One thing I love about it, I love the words, I love the, just the, the feel, I, I just love the song. But I love that it's in a key I can't hardly sing it in. I've got to literally scream it, and when I scream it, it sounds awful. But I can literally feel my heart singing it to God. It goes out of my own talent. It goes out of my own ability. And it goes completely to just me and God. I don't have the time to hang on to these regrets when I think about the way that he loves me. What that does is that removes what I think other people think about me. It even removes what I think about me. 
and it replaces it with what he thinks about me. That's the intention of that song, is recognize who you are. And I love the fact that it stretches me beyond my ability. And I just have to be raw and sound bad in my own mind, but it's not bad to him. It's truth. It gets down to my, to my truth. Does that make any sense? It embarrasses me. I'm, I expose myself. Do you follow me? That's how much he loves us. He gave, gave everything for us. So let's, let's quickly now, let's take a look at the nature of the problem. And rejection can just be simply defined as the sense of being unwanted. You desire people to love you, and yet you believe they don't love you. You want to be a part of the group, and you feel excluded. You're always on the outside looking in. Two closely related words here are betrayal and shame. And church, it happens in the church. It happens everywhere. It happens inside of families. Rejection can be so wounding and painful that the mind will refuse to focus on it. But it winds up dropping into the spirit. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 13 says this, A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. Proverbs 18, 14 says, A man's spirit sustains him in sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear. You know, when you get rejected, when you feel like the person that should love you doesn't, your spirit gets crushed. And sometimes it's hard to even go back outside, go talk to anybody. That's what a crushed spirit feels like. A vibrant, alive spirit can get through almost anything. But a crushed spirit can't hardly get through anything. Can't get through the simplest things. Let's look at the true nature of rejection. What causes it? And how must it be treated? You know, people's problems, people's personal problems can be traced all the way down to the root, like the root of a tree. Until you come to the part that lies below the surface, you know, we can sometimes look okay on the top, but down below what's really going on. You know, not many people know what's really going on. That's the roots. Matthew chapter 3 verse 10 says, and even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. The tree is cut down from where? It's cut down from the roots. One of the most roots of all personal problems is rejection. One of the root, the root many times of personal problems is rejection. Take, for instance, a baby. Take a, uh, I don't know, a six-week-old, a, a six-month-old baby in his or her daddy's arms. Just get that in your mind. No matter the surroundings, that baby is not threatened there. There is no threat. They know no threat. His or her face registers total security. Why? Because it is completely secure. 
in daddy's arms. Right? God designed human nature so that every baby born into the world would crave that kind of security. It can never be truly satisfied, fulfilled, or, or secure without parental love, particularly love from a father. Any person who's been deprived of this kind of love is inevitably exposed to the wounds of rejection. You know what's sad is dads usually aren't good at showing love. And that's a shame because Father God is great at it. And we were created in His image. And we've somehow let the programming of the world tell dads they're not supposed to cry. They're not supposed to hug. They're not supposed to say, I love you. I've got so many people that I run in circles with, and I know you do too, that would say, my dad never told me he loved me. I knew he loved me, but he never told me he loved me. And, you know, that's kind of an old school. I think that's kind of the the school that my dad came through. I think it's the school that his dad came through. Well, somebody needs to throw that school out. Dads, tell your kids they love them. You know, God tells you he loves you. There's nothing sissy about it. I think it's one of the most manly things for a man to say to his child or to his wife, I love you with all my heart. I love you. You know, it says, um, what does it say? All things work for good for those who love the Lord. You know, it's important for you to say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. It's not enough to just say, Lord, I I got saved and I told you I loved you then. Just remember that the rest of our life. Don't ever forget that. Just remember, I do. I love you. That's what some husbands say at the altar. I told you I loved you at the altar. That ought to be good enough. No, it's not good enough. How many of you need to, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of you need to hear I love you every now and then? I do. I do. Failed marriages also are extremely important to look at in the scope of rejection. Now, you know a lot of the stats, and these stats I've got are from a few years ago, but we all know that over 50% of marriages end in divorce, 50%, somewhere around there. And in a study from a few years ago, 50% get remarried within the first three years of divorce. And the length of the second marriage at that time was seven years. So people are going to feel rejected because there is a lot of divorce out there today, right? When when at the time that this study was done, they looked at just New Jersey, and instead of fifty percent get remarried within the first three years, eighty percent would get remarried in the first three years, and three quarters of them will get divorced in the next three years. Almost inevitably, one or both parties in a divorce wind up with a huge wound of rejection. And very often what comes along with that is this sense of betrayed trust. All of a sudden you won't trust anyone. The person that should have loved you, the person that should have been trustworthy wasn't, so we don't trust anybody. And you can see how our whole body, how our whole heart can can get the bars closed down on it and shut down and not be any good anymore. Why? Because you don't want to be hurt again. I'm going to protect myself so that I can't be hurt again. How many of you know that doesn't work? 
God saw this coming. When he, when he gave us the scripture from Malachi chapter 4 verse 5, he gave this promise, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. The final outcome of rejection caused by broken relationship is a curse. But for those who will turn their heart to God through Jesus, he has provided healing from the curse. If you've been coming on Wednesday nights, we've just dealt with curses. We know that Jesus is the answer to the curses that maybe we have had attached in our life, but we have to go and apply that word. We have to go and apply that promise. The table's been set, now we got to go eat. So we've got to deal with this spirit or this thing of rejection that's in us. You know, step number one is to say, I have that, I have that in me. That, that's, not a, that's not a setback, that statement. It's a step forward. I had such a great time with the college ministry a couple weeks ago. And we just sat in a circle and just started talking about maybe what kind of curses might have been on our life. And you know what? It took courage to say it. Well, I've got alcoholism. I've got diabetes. I've got cancer. I mean, not, not them, but they've got it in their family. Well, you know what I said? Me too. Me too. Me too. Well, my, my family's got some mental illness. Me too. My family's got bipolar. Me too. My wife's uncle has written a book on bipolar. We got issues. Why don't somebody give them to the Lord? You don't have to hang on to those the rest of your life. Lord says, I want it. Take on my yoke. Get your yoke off. I'll take it. Lord says, I'll take it. That yoke you're dragging, won't you take that off? Jesus says, I, I say, here, Jesus, you take it. Great. I've been wanting that the whole time. I got it. Now let me, ha- let, me let you have mine. Jesus says, mine's easy. Mine's light. And Jesus says, don't, don't go pick yours back up. Oh, but I kind of miss mine. I miss worrying about that. I miss getting mad at my sister. I miss getting mad. I don't mean my sister. We all got issues in families, so don't, don't. That, didn't, that was not some prophetic word. But, but I want to, sometimes we just want to go pick it back up. Have you ever picked back up something that you gave to God? You didn't mean to. That's what Satan does. Dangles like carrot. I don't know if you know it, but everywhere you go, you got a carrot, carrot dangling. Satan's trying to get you to, to go get it. Have you ever seen, you know, you, you hold the carrot out in front of the, the donkey and try to get him to walk and get the carrot, but the carrot stays right in front, but he keeps going in the wrong direction or whatever. Don't take the carrot. But we've got to identify, okay, Spirit of God, show me in my heart. Some of you would say right away, yes, I know what it is. Some of you may say, I'm really not sure, but really I don't think so. Those that would say, I don't think so, I want to ask you just for a moment, just to ask the Lord, shine your light in my heart. 
and show me if I have something hidden that I may have put back, back in, a, in a closet never to think about. How many of you know we can block those things out, we can cover them up, and that's what we're going to be talking about is an injury that you've gotten that they didn't get the bullet out. They went and sewed it up and left the bullet in there. And we forgot about it. Have you ever heard stories about surgeons leaving utensils? Eventually that's got to come out. It's not made to be in there. The final outcome. So, what, how does healing take place? What is the opposite of rejection? Thank you. Acceptance. This is precisely what God gives you when you come to him through Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6 says, To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he, God, made us accepted in the beloved. Now, sometimes you can just read that and accept it in the beloved. What does that even mean? Come on. What does it mean? The original word translated here, accepted, is so powerful. And if you looked in Luke chapter 1, verse 28, it's the same word. And what it means is, this accepted means highly favored one. Highly favored one. And being accepted in the beloved, do you know what that means? When you come to God through Jesus, you are as accepted, as highly favored as Jesus himself. You are as accepted and highly favored to God. Sometimes we can just say, yeah, I'm accepted and I'm highly favored. And we just kind of say those things. Wait a minute. Those are great words, but you are accepted and highly favored to God in the beloved, meaning we are accepted just like Christ. What Christ deserved, what Christ has, we are the heirs of Christ. We, are, we, uh, we have what he has. And one thing that he has is being completely accepted. It says in his word that he was rejected so that we would be accepted. He took our place of rejection so that we could have his place of acceptance. Can you, can you see? We're not there yet. This is going to take some time. But can you see where the healing's going to come, come from? We're going to replace a lie with a truth. Um, we have gone through uh, this very intense prayer ministry called Sozo Ministry. And it is basically identifying lies and replacing them with truths. There's nothing weird about it. We don't run around the room and swing from chandeliers and shanda all the way to, to kingdom come. We identify lies in God's word and replace them with truth, not lies. In, do you hear me? Identify lies through God's word and replace those with truth. Now, real healing will come from that. Sometimes we don't even realize we are living under a lie. The first step in overcoming rejection is to recognize it. To recognize that God loves you in just the same way he loves Jesus. 
again, I mean, that just blows my mind. Sometimes it's just like singing how he loves. If you really will get that, it'll, it'll blow your mind. What I mean is your mind can't comprehend the fact that Jesus, that God would send his only son to take what we should deserve so that he, could, he would have it and we could have what he deserved. Just, just the, the, the thinking makes my head want to explode. But to imagine God loves me that much. I know how much I love my son and my children. And it's, it's as much as I know to love. But how much God loves me. At some point, you've got to allow the Word of God to penetrate your heart. Everywhere else may be a scary place that you've put a wall up. But part of what this message is about is tearing the wall down that you've put up to God. Because God needs to get in. God can heal your heart. Now, I want to do something kind of funny. I can already feel it. It's already getting heavy in here. And Listen, we've got to relax a little bit. You know, it's like going in to have surgery. You don't sleep. You can't eat. You're worried all night. You know, and I can already kind of feel, oh, man, where's he going with this? I can, I can feel the, just knock me out and do surgery, God, and let me wake up and it be gone. Wouldn't that be nice? We, we'll just have an anesthesia guy come in here and just put us to sleep and get, do it. And I'll wake up and it's over. Watch this video. cavity exposing the body's internal organs. Nurse retractor. What are you eating? Junior meat. You want one? No. No, I can't see. They've gone to watch a surgery, and there they are with their popcorn and candy to, to watch a surgery. And the junior mint falls in the cavity, and they sew him up with that, with it in him. They don't take it out. <laughs> anyway, just laugh with me just for a minute. Just... We've got to get it out. We don't let these hurts go in there and just keep covering it up and covering it up and covering it up. We've got to let the Lord do some surgery. Um, you know, I'm going to use Cindy a lot through this. She could have just heard the message and just thought that's a good message. I, I like that. But never allowed the Lord to do surgery on her and her dad's relationship. But what's so good is that her healing had nothing to do with whether her dad changed or not. You know what? The external circumstance may not change. 
that doesn't mean God can't completely heal you from it. He can completely heal you. He can completely heal you. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal the source. And I just encourage you this week, before next Wednesday, pray and ask the Lord, Lord, do I have any of this in my heart? Because you know what? Once he identifies it, when the surgeon goes in and touches that bullet or whatever that shrapnel may be, it's probably going to be tender. It's probably going to hurt. But we don't need to reject and shut down. We need to allow him to go ahead and take it out. You may shed a tear. You may have some thoughts that you haven't thought in so long. That's okay. This is a safe place. When we bring our stuff to the cross, it is a safe place. It's the only safe place. But human relationships are accompanied by the risk of rejection. This is going to sound funny, but hand-me-down clothes, race, physical defects, or even getting ridiculed at school. You know, many times people make fun of you when they can't identify with you. They reject you when they can't identify with you. And the most damaging kind of rejection comes when a child perceives rejection from a parent. I'm going to give you three examples and we're going to go home. First, a child may be unwanted during pregnancy. The mother may be carrying the child in her womb that she really doesn't want. She may not say anything, but the attitude is there. Or a child may be conceived outside of marriage. And she may become to resent or hate this thing that's coming into her life that is creating so many problems for her. Such a child may be born with a spirit of rejection. And this was very common during the Depression, not having enough food, having too many mouths to feed. It, It was real issues that people are battling. Second, there's a child that, uh, that didn't receive demonstrated love from his parents. Even if the parents love the child, they may not know how to express their love. Now, when Elizabeth got pregnant with our first child, who was a, a little girl, it was Rita Marie, Elizabeth bought me a book called She Calls Me Daddy. And I would highly recommend the book, but it's just for dads to help approach their girls in a way that a girl can receive from. As a man, I don't think like a woman. I never will think like a woman. So I've got to have help. It's why I've read five love languages. It's why we're doing this love and respect. Man, men, if you're not trying to figure out your woman, good luck with that. You better try to figure her out. She's she's worth figuring out. It's like your relationship with the Lord. It's your responsibility to understand who He is, what He wants, how He likes it, what he, how His kingdom works. Well, same thing with my wife. I'm supposed to figure out how she works and how she ticks and how to please her, how to love her, not, make, not try to love her the way I need to be loved, love her the way she needs to be loved. If I love her the way she needs to be loved, she'll love me the way I need to be loved. But she gave me this book on, called She Calls Me Daddy. And it was just a way for me to learn how to relate and how to open the communication lines between a father and a daughter and keep them open. Because let me tell you, there comes times in girls' and dads' lives where both want to shut down. 
and you can't. When the parent fails to show love or demonstrate love properly to their child, the child thinks, I'm unwanted. An unhugged child tends to be a rejected child. Ruthie, come down here and sit down here. with. I know you're waiting for me. We've got to go. I've got three children um, in the king and I, and we've got to go take pictures here in just a minute. And she's back there in the back, and I'm sitting here talking about my girls. Come up here, honey. I'm not going to embarrass you much. Thank you. I'm almost done. An unhugged child tends to be a rejected child. And this, this one right here loves to give hugs. She loves to receive hugs. She, we call her our huggy bear. That embarrasses you a little bit, but I don't care. It just makes me want to hug you. Deep, uh, uh, let me say this. Children that are given everything other than love tend to be rebellious. Deep wounds of rejection also come from divorce. Relationships with mom or dad are ripped apart. This leaves a wound of rejection in the child. The person I loved and trusted the most has abandoned me. And from now on, I won't trust anyone. The spouse the children are left with are also bombarded with so many more responsibilities, which damages the relationship with the wounded child. And sometimes in, in cases like this, the child experiences double rejection. The dad is left and the mom rejects the child because she's overwhelmed with everything she's got going on now. Both may completely love their children, but due to circumstances, the child feels rejected. Finally, siblings may perceive unequal affection from parents, whether intentional or not. Three children, many times the middle one, feels unwanted. Rejection can be hidden, can be a hidden inner attitude that we carry around. The problem lies in the area of the spirit. Every negative emotion, reaction, and attitude have associated with them a corresponding spirit. Someone that's battling fear behind fear is a spirit of fear. Behind jealousy is a spirit of jealousy. Behind hate, there is a spirit of hate. It doesn't mean that every person that ever experiences fear has a spirit of fear. But if you don't watch out, if you don't learn how to handle fear, a spirit of fear will come in. Let me tell you, our nation, the church, our nation, our people that we're around battle with the spirit of fear. And it's awful. It's awful. A person who fails to exercise self-control and habitually or unrestrainedly gives in to fear will open the door for a spirit of fear to enter. And this applies to jealousy and hate. And in many cases, it's rejection that opens the way for these other negative spirits to follow. I believe that rejection is a root out of which many other destructive emotions and attitudes can grow. That moment of rejection just opens the door. How many of you, and I, I, I can, I can uh, I'll just finish here. But how many of you have allowed something little to bother you? And out of that little bother do things get now blown out of proportion in so many other areas? I've had it happen to me at work. I've had it happen to me in my marriage. I've had it happen to me in my family. I've had it happen to me in church. That one little bitterness, one little root 
one little thing, one little rejection happened to me. And next thing you know, I let everything bother me. Do you know why? My defenses have come down. I have made the way for these other things to get attached to me. My force field is down. Because you know why? I'm carrying unforgiveness. I'm carrying bitterness. I've allowed a lie to come in. I've accepted a lie. And until I get rid of that lie and accept the truth, my guard is down. Can y'all see that? All right. Can I just ask you, make a commitment over the next three or four weeks. If you can't be here, download download the message. We are going to get free. We're going to get free. Church, you're the beneficiary. What Jesus Christ did, what, what there is to be offered in the church, we are the beneficiary of that. And it's freedom. It's freedom. We all stand up with me and I'm going to pray over you. And y'all forgive me. I'm going to run out the door as fast as I can. You may not even see me. After I say amen, I may already be gone. But Father, we do just... I just ask you just to do this with me. If you'll just trust me, just, just lay your heart out there to, for, the Lord to, for the Lord to look at. And Father, we just, we just lay bare before you and just say, I'm ready to be rid of this. I, I, can't, I can't do this any longer. Whether my siblings or whether my parents or whether my spouse, whether whatever, if, if it ever gets right or not, Lord, I need to be right. And I need free. I don't have all the answers now, but Lord, I just give you the right to do heart surgery on me. Father, in Jesus' name, even though we're not at the end, I just ask you to break the spirit of rejection. We just agree with your word that we are accepted just like Jesus. I receive that promise and I reject the lie of rejection. Help us to follow this through and to completely get free. Holy Spirit, you have, you have, the, you have an open, you, the door is open for you to come in. Fill us with your spirit and lead us this week. Bless us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of the week.